0: Reading from the Grapevine, 2005 August, a talk with Leonard Blumenthal, the new chair of AA's General Service Board. Grapevine asks, how did you ever get involved in AA in the first place? Leonard says, I was hired as a junior counselor at a local counseling center in 1966. And the staff suggested I go to an AA meeting here in Emilton, Alberta. Just come and see what happens, they said. Like every meeting in those days, it was hell in a church basement. There was smoke from the floor to the ceiling, and there was the worst coffee in the world. And I thought... How can this help anyone? I went to more meetings and I became more intrigued. And I came across clients at meetings who had stopped seeing me, who said they had found what they needed in AA. I still go to the first meeting group. They make me, they made me an honorary member. Great by. As a non-alcoholic, is it difficult to understand? Leonard, Alcoholics Anonymous can be confusing. AA has its own jargon, its own ritual, and people talk about things that people don't usually talk about. You have to get into it, and it really helps you if you knew some of the people when they were drinking. Grapevine, What kept you coming back? Leonard, As a profession in the field, I wanted to know why it was working. I went to hundreds of meetings in three years and one night I realized that isn't isn't really important. The question is like, why am I an alcoholic? I had to just accept that AA worked. The philosophy of the agency where I worked was to get people ready for AA. That's all we can do, grapevine. Have you seen AA change since 1966? The alcoholic population, Leonard says, has changed. People come into AA much younger. There are many more female AA members, and the stigma of alcoholism is not what it was. People aren't ashamed to go into recovery, and people coming into AA have used multiple substances. In the 1960s, you still saw the pure alcoholic, and nowadays that isn't always the case. But alcohol is still the primary problem. In the 1960s, you also saw more people who were going to church. AA has adopted in some ways, and in other ways, it hasn't. You have the pursuit, and then a lot of people who were never involved in anything spiritual or religious. Grapevine. You came into your first meeting 39 years ago. When did you first get involved in general service? Leonard. I wrote an article for the Grapevine 15 years ago, and I got more of a reaction to that than anything else I ever published. I got close to 500 inquiries and replies to that one article. It works, May 1990. Grapevine. But you didn't join the service structure until five years ago. Leonard. That's right. In 2000 I had been thousands of meetings but I didn't know there was a service structure. I would often think why doesn't someone do something about this or call in the AA police. But it wasn't until 2000 when I was elected to be a trustee that I saw that there was a service structure and that trustees were like directors of a corporation. Though the upside down pyramid structure which has directed, which has directors reporting to groups, was a real eye opener. Mm-hmm. Great mind. do you think AA needs to make any changes in the next in the near future, Leonard? I really don't think so. It has to change. Uh, it has, it has to change a whole lot. But we don't need to. To add, to address two issues, we should look at how the membership has flattened, why AA is not as attractive to alcoholics as it could be, and we need to think about how AA can utilize our Class A trustees to the greater extent possible to promote AA. Grapevine. Why do you think Alcoholics Anonymous has flattened out in terms of membership? Leonard. There's no scientific way of measuring, and I don't have an opinion about that, but there's no other solution than to try to change it at the local level. Sometimes I wonder if people understand 12-stepping the way that they used to. I know that nowadays people drop a drunk off at detox and let the professionals take over, whereas before, AA sat with someone and helped to physically sober them up. Grapevine. Where do you see the future growth of Alcoholics Anonymous, Leonard? It could be in the third world countries where are desperately looking for help. AA is free, portable, and can be put into place with innovation where there is no other help available, the way Bill and Dr. Bob did it. Grapevine. What about concerns about the contradictions between the traditions and local customs in different parts of the world? Leonard we carry the message we don't enforce it in 1989 it was i was a guest in the soviet union long before i knew about aa service structure i was a guest as a result of my counseling work i saw aa growing in the soviet union even when it had two things working against it people were not used to sitting around and talking because you never knew who was an informant and the whole idea of god was Alien Grapevine, you clearly love AA and devote a great deal of time and effort to the program, and you're about to devote even more time and effort. Do you find it helps you personally? Leonard, yes, Alcoholic Anonymous is a program for living a good life, and I found it a good one for myself. I have found this way of life must work because there are something like 300 copycat Programs. So the basic principles are very valuable. After 39 years, I feel like I am a part of the program. I really identify with it. Is that it? I guess that's it, folks. It just stops. let's see all right here the on the website leonard bloomer blumenthal new chair of the general service board is interviewed in this month's issue but it is not the first time leonard has appeared in the grapevine in may 1990 the aa grapevine invited friends of the fellowship who work with suffering alcoholics to share their experience strength and hope with grapevine readers leonard First Grapevine article, It Works, was published in that issue. This month, visitors to the Grapevine's website at aagrepevine.org will find both Leonard's latest interview as well as his 1990 article. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming and listening today to Leonard. And thanks, Leonard, for service work. Incredible story. All right, let's move on to another story. This one is called, What's the Big Deal? A long-timer reflects on his first celebration. As I approached the end of my first year of sobriety, I mentioned the fact to one of my daughters, she had lived with me during the four weeks of my outpatient treatment and has seen firsthand the beginning of my new life. I said I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, and she said, why not? I thought for a minute and then said, what the hell, why not? And organized an anniversary party. Just a year before, I was completely alone. I had no friends and barely a job, and I was living a hopeless life. I kept scheming how I was going to commit suicide, but I couldn't even organize that. My daughter stood by me, but at a fearful distance. I was so angry and so difficult to be around they were justifiably afraid of me. The day I made a list of all the people who had profoundly affected my life during the year, and I came up with 30, including were my daughters, a few longtime friends who didn't give up on me, even though I had the the lawyer who bailed me out of jail the morning after my last drink, a longtime drinking buddy who preceded me into recovery, some of the powerful Influences from my AA group and and home care, the other recovering alcoholics who had generously shared their lives and feelings. The list didn't begin to include everyone who had helped save my life. The cops who picked me up treated me with respect I didn't deserve a wise and understanding judge who let me go to treatment instead of jail, all those men and women without last names who patiently sat through my whining and complaining in AA meetings aftercare sessions. I mailed out the invites and all but one showed up. 30 people in a one-bedroom apartment in a Minnesota January evening. It was a joyous celebration, a true celebration of life. There was intent. Intense mutual pride and love with my children. It was a big deal. Still, I have mixed emotions about celebrating sobriety anniversaries. On the one hand, all the days behind us don't matter. Today is all that counts. A thousand days sober does not guarantee sobriety today. On the other hand, a day sober, 10 days sober, 300 days sober, all of huge victories for alcoholics. Each day sober represents what we once totally impossible. Each day sober represent what was once totally impossible. So a bunch of them together is worthy of acknowledgement. I had been a drinker for 20 years. The skid downward started with my first drink and I got worse every day. I lost a marriage, I lost jobs, I got arrested, and worst of all, I lost myself. The details may differ, but my life story is recounted every day in AA meetings around the world. The morning after my arrest, I laid on the bunk in the jail cell, stripped of my belt, my shoelaces, and my dignity. And amongst overwhelming feelings of self-pity and anger, I heard a voice saying, This has to stop. I didn't know it then, but that was the first day of a wonderful new life. And with the grace of God and the fellowship of AA, I haven't had a drink since. The sober days have rolled by and now number about 10,000. Unful- unfulfilled many dreams. I fulfill them. I have a wonderful relationship with my children and they have blessed my life with 10 priceless grandchildren. They have generously let me be part of their families and lives. I've flown airplanes, I sailed boats, I traveled to places that were just words on maps for a Minnesota farm boy. I've been blessed with many friends. A wonderful woman loves me as I am, and she brings new joys to my life. My wish list for life did not include a heart attack and cancer, yet, those incidents proved to be valuable gifts. While the desire of drink left long ago, the demons of alcoholism continue to shadow me. And sometimes I let it get out in front of me. I can be angry, hostile, self-pitying. I can act as if I'm drunk again. I can wonder how a good French wine tastes or an English pub bitters. But because of AA, I can be content with just wondering. As of Today, I've been able to chase the demons back into the shadows. I know that all I have, including life itself, is but a loan to me. It is up to me how I use it. I try to be a worthy borrower. The biggest gift of all is a sober today. Some mornings, wisdom rises on the surface and as I open my eyes, I ask, do I want to make a big deal out of today? You bet I do. Bill S. from Hopkins, Minnesota. Thank you, Bill S. Awesome, awesome story. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today and participating in our recoveries.